Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hey, I'm Nick Paul with Ottawa Centers, and you listen to 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. And welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's that time of week again. Happy Tuesday, everybody! Time for the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport radio show. What's that Newport County uh, Exiles? What's Exiles? Yeah, we're the Exiles, Rob. What? Because what is- we got kicked out of Wales. We had to play in England for a couple of years. That we weren't recognised as a club. When you say we, is this the Newport County? Or is yeah, this yeah, like, yeah. That's not some spin-off no, thing? No, you're... this is Newport County, yeah. So you so were, we're called exiled the exiles. into England. Yeah. So so the not... Welsh Welsh hated Newport. The rest of Wales the said Newport's all Football Association of Wales, yeah. yeah. Not just once, Rob, twice. Really? We got kicked out of Wales twice. I find that quite ironic. It's quite funny, that, isn't that, it? That if being in Wales, yeah. who are sort of shunned by the English, yeah. now you're so proud of the Welsh of their own heritage, they'll shun you into England. Yeah. That's where you're shamed. Is that yes, right? Yes, and we're still shamed, Yeah, kind of. That's that's how much hatred from the Welsh there is for the English, yeah. that to be banished to those lands is yeah, shameful. Yeah, exactly right. It's a it's a scar on the forehead. If you don't know the Newport County story, the, the original club went broke in 1988, so they really formed right right so they basically formed a new club in tier nine yeah so like five divisions below the football league so because the old club went bankrupt and had a load of debts they formed a new club but they thought newport afc were masquerading mm. well newport candy were masquerading as newport afc so the football association of wales wouldn't give them a license to play so they'd go and play in england because they were the only the gloucestershire football association were the only ones that would give them a license to play so they did the first season in england came back to newport yeah yeah, once they got the fan base up. Once they once they realised the they weren't back. the same club playing in a different division. Yeah. So they came back to Newport to play. Then two years later, the FAW said, or Football Association of Wales, mm. said, right, you've got to join our league, otherwise we're going to kick you out. Okay. And we refused to join their league. Oh, club. came back around. Came Adam. back around. So yeah. guess what? They kicked us out of Wales again. <laughs> so we had to go and play in Gloucester. Okay. Play a home game. So it's about what? 45, 50 mile to go and play a home game. What's so we had to trek up the road to Gloucester and play our home games up there. It sounds like it's just been a tumultuous journey being it's, a Newport it's County. It's a roller coaster probably. ride, yeah, Rob, yeah, yeah. following Newport County yeah. through thick and thin. People don't realise these clubs, so much history, so much time has passed. You know, obviously the uh, history of the entire United Kingdom is, is, a, is a long one. There's many, many dramas within each small little club has its own story, its own little battle that it's been through. Yeah. Which obviously, if if a cup chimers, we would have touched on that, wouldn't we? Beef? Exactly right. Um, but we don't need to interview anyone from Newport County again because you can just give us the whole. I history. can generally give you yeah. give people the story. Yeah. It would make a fantastic movie because I tell you what, when we An- when, another Welsh movie is this another? It could be. It could which, be. Which part? This particular part. So when they kicked us out of Wales the second yeah. time, yeah, we actually took the Welsh Football Association to the Supreme Court, really, to get an injunction letting us play back in Wales again. Uh, this it's, is it's, insane. I know. 
It is. The story about Newport County, Newport AFC is unreal. This is uh, almost like Paul McCartney having to sue the other Beatles. Almost like that. I mean, this is a club that got to the quarterfinal of of the European Cup Winners' Cup in 1981, which was insane for how small a club it was. And in fact, they should have got to the final. They got robbed Mm. in home. They drew two all away in East Germany. Just needed a draw back in Wales and 23 shots to one. Gosh. And we lost 1-0. So Karlsruhe Jena, the East German powerhouse, they got Mm. to the final, lost to Dynamo Tbilisi in the final. It could have been Newport County in a final of a European Cup. Up there with Liverpool and Barcelona and Real Madrid, all those guys. Mm. Could have been this little club. Could have been. But then they went bankrupt because they didn't have any money. So, so what year was this again? For what? The, 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 it was 1988. You had when to reform. They, yeah, they went 1989, they uh, reformed. Yeah, 1988, 89 season. 89. So that's why it says 1972 and then it's... 1912. 1912s and the original club And then 1989 is the reform. When the reform, that's right. It's an amazing, it's, it, is a, it is an amazing story. Is, is there characters within that story? Of course there's characters, Rob. You're looking <laughs> at one of them. John Aldridge? John Aldridge is part of that story. Is he? Of course he is. Oh, maybe there is a film in this, Beef. I've always thought, with the stories that have gone on, there is a film in there. Yeah. Because not only that, they went bankrupt, reformed in 1989, then 25 years in non-league football Mm. to get back to the Football League. You see, this is another one of my favourite film tropes that you can use. You know, I told you about about the structure of the W and all that. But another one concept to go for is go for the extraordinary within the ordinary. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where you take something, you know, small town, small club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not what I'm saying. I don't know how big, how big is Newport? Oh, it's it's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 150,000 people yeah, in the, in yeah, the yeah. small, in the closer region. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but small, smallish, small, small enough. enough that it's got that club uh, close knit family. Oh, feel. exactly, community yeah. feel, community yeah. feel. So th- that could be a good good thing to do. Yeah. All right, we'll look into this. Week. I'll do, <laughs> look into this. I, do you know what? I, I've I have thought about it time and time again about writing mm. a screenplay for this. Yeah, because there are some characters, and there is like taking a f- an association, your national association to the High Court, just for the right to play back in your hometown. Right, Some, oh, crazy stuff. All, all the proceeds we can put towards for the, for the success of this film. Oh, but, we're going to buy yeah, the yeah. club. We'll buy the club back, Rob. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, do yeah. what uh, old Ryan Reynolds and uh, yeah. done with Wrexham. We'll, we'll put the money back into the club. Make him a powerhouse again. Otherwise, it's going to suggest we could donate them to the um, charity that is for the epidemic of loneliness that's out there. Yeah, there is a we're, loneliness We're getting, we're getting ads Is here. it a pandemic, Rob, they or said, an epidemic? They said epidemic. There's an epidemic of loneliness. Isn't that the most vague charity in the world? I mean, well, how do you define that exactly? There's a lot of lonely people out there, Rob. In many ways. If you've got cancer research versus the epidemic <laughs> of loneliness in a contest... <laughs> I mean, they just got no chance. Yeah, generally, more money will get funneled towards the cancer. Actual scientific than, death, as opposed to someone who's just whinging. Probably, y- you have to feel who's, sorry. Who might not be even a nice person. It's probably their own fault. They're lonely because they're probably. Don't, a, yeah, uh, there's a good chance. I reckon fifty-fifty that it's a person there's, if they're lonely, they'll be. There's not, many reasons for being lonely, though, Rob. It could be old age. People may have died around. I know there's the many reasons. Left. I know that, but say say take out the old ones. Yeah. Okay. Say if you take like sort of less than seventy. That's right. when you can still sort of work and yeah. and uh, you're still working regularly. Rob, and uh, seventy through say forty year olds, yeah. I reckon most of them are not likable people. 
Okay. I could qualify. I'm, I'm in the qualify bracket, single man, support. single man in his forties, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm su- There about. might be a support group out there, Rob. I don't need a support group. No, I don't say, I'm, I'm not doing just fine. You do, but other people that are feeling lonely may do. Well, it depends. I guarantee if this is your life coaching should come in here. Yes, please. it should be. Look within. Ask yourself those tough yeah. questions. What are you really I mean, contributing? There would have been a lot of people working from home and not going to an office environment, being by themselves. Yeah. The pubs are closed, Rob. But we it couldn't wasn't get to the pub. Hard. People you, don't you go still to get the, the Bolo Romsey. I think, you I think know. the socially inept mm. wouldn't go to the pub anyway, would they? Uh, well, that's this is the thing. Yeah. Uh, I think these are the sorts of people that um, is, um, they've, they've ended up there for a reason. Perhaps the support classes are for those who feel vulnerable because the, they can't so, socialise. Socially inept. So there's confidence classes. Perhaps I could I could do confidence well, well, this, classes. This is what you, I, I don't know. I think you're sort of uh, flogging a dead horse there, but yeah, well, I that's think probably I think true you'd be. Well. I don't know if you have ever seen The Office when David Brent goes to do his motivational speaking. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty. And boring. there's a bloke in the front row who's probably not on 200 kegs he's a right. big unit yeah 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 and this guy's not motivated he's not he's not he's not going to get motivated to do there's much there's a difference I between you'd motivation have an entire, and confidence isn't there you'd have an entire class full of deadbeats full blind ones yeah. with no hope no hope at all and no but, matter how much you encourage them they'll just they'll come but, an excuse but, 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 for Rob, everything beat. if they're in a class They've made that first step. The, See, this is I'm, I'm getting. I'm, you know, anyone can just turn up to stuff. But at least they've made that step. It's easy to sit at home, do nothing, watch TV. There's yeah, that. but but I guarantee you, they'll listen to you and they'll feel fired up for about five minutes, and then they'll go back well, and they'll just that's the story we'll of put Miami Vice it? on and it's sort like, of have <laughs> a laugh. Yeah. Um, there's the girl uh, on one of the ads over here mm. that sh- her hobbies. Remember this? Her hobbies were sitting on the couch and watching TV, and then mm. she took up LARPing. What's LARPing? Live action role play. She What's dresses that? up as a princess and fights people with this swords. Is a, this and is an ad on TV. It is an oh, ad. I, think I don't I know which. That. She puts green stuff on her face and it goes charging around. Yeah. She's a big girl, so whether she's had some issues of confidence, Rob, but LARPing. She's got out there and lapped. Okay. So you think it's about finding the right avenues? I think this... that is exactly what it is. Each case is treated separately, you think? Don't, well, don't... that's another problem because you but have then, to... I mean, how can you really get exactly. around each person? You can't micromanage this no. endemic, Rob. Oh, gosh. But e- yeah, e- epidemic, people, if it? you are feeling lonely, there are... Uh, Groups you can talk to, Samaritans, they'll help. Beyond Blue There'll be some in Australia. Phone number you can so ring. if there but is, but just a... just ask yourself the tough questions first. Are you just wasting resources and 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 you're just annoying and and it's your own fault because you're not you're not really a very good person. Think about why is it you've ended up. Have you ever had any friends? Did you have friends and you lost them, or have you have been friendless yeah. your entire life? That's a good do question to Do you do anything first, apart from just sit at home with your cat doing the knitting, watching? Uh, maybe I don't know the bill. Um, the bill. Th- hey, news out of the UK. What they've just relaunched the bill. A relaunch. Yeah. Uh, when did it a stop? A reboot. I, I don't know, but I I did hear on the radio that uh, they are rebooting the bill. My mum's right into the bill. Still? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, how many nights a week is the bill? Uh, do you know what? I reckon in my career, my TV watching career, Rob. Yeah. I've seen one episode. No, 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 no but it's frequency. Is it, a, is it a soap opera, like a nightly soap uh, opera? Style? No, no. It's it, a once, once a week? Once or twice a week, possibly. Yeah, that's weird. They're sort of twice a week. That's a very yeah. British thing. Well, I think it would have started off as once a week, then got really popular, and they thought, oh, we better capitalise on this. Yeah. And don't forget, they make most of their money 
mm. by selling it overseas. So the more they can do, yeah, the more they can uh, cash in. Sure, so it's all about advertising, as you well know. A reboot of the mill. Have they, have they just changed what they're going? I don't to know like, how did... long it's been off air for, by the way. I I'm really not sure don't. it has. I, I Maybe think it just... must have. It must have done its day. There's no police on the beat anymore. They're not walking around. I've never seen. I've never seen an episode of the Bill. Haven't you? No. I'm sure it's on uh, Fox Tele. I've somewhere. seen flashes of yeah, shots yeah. from it. I've, I've... Have they probably just switched to digital? Have they and digital cameras? Yeah, it's... and made it oh, look a so bit fancy. What it is, the Bill is nowadays is five blokes watching CCTV footage of some dodgy dealings going on around mm. the back streets of London. Right, possibly. That's the new bill. Sounds great. There'll be more undercover, the, the, the plain clothes people, stuff. The point is, but don't don't watch. You don't have to sit. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. talking about being lonely, yeah. and we're now talking about a relaunch of a TV show that, <laughs> that neither of us watch. <laughs> yes, or have ever watched. Yeah, that's true. Um, but look, you you make the call yourself, people. I mean, and I don't yeah. mean just go and make the phone call. If you're feeling, you need lonely, to make a firm decision. Yeah, you, on, you've got to decide. But but make no no but no no no, no 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 yeah that's right that's right that's what I'm saying yeah what hey, why why ring, ring our show why do you if you are feeling lonely and you're listening ring us yeah oh four oh four triple oh seven three six apparently that that's true yeah okay, well, ring us yeah <laughs> I I would like to see a phone call it's at the second it'll be the second call in three years or something how is your weekend beefy. Um, quiet actually. Not yeah. too bad. My back is still buggered, Rob. Still buggered. I think I've done some damage. I'm, I have to go and see someone this week, right? Because it's getting to a point now where I'm. I think there's an issue. Okay. You Did, said, I think you said that last week, actually. Yeah, and then I rested on my laurels and uh, still haven't done anything about okay. it. Things to do, Rob. People I had see. A, I had my recurring neck injury, but it's 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 always the same. It's, Sneezing? It's no. It's a twenty four hour thing. Stupid. It's not real bad. You slept it, wrong. It's, it's actually it is a lying in bed injury, but it's a, it's a conscious one. It's when I wake up in the morning. If I'm lying there and I wake up, I've got my hands behind my head, and and then if I just try to just sort of stretch, and I, and my neck pushes against my hands, and it just goes. Oh. oh no! The crick neck. And it's just called. a just a little crick, and then and um yeah. and I had to play golf this morning. You had to play. Yeah, I was booked in nine fifteen. Don't give up. So um, nine fifteen, late start. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, the ladies tee off on Tuesday morning. All right, they did all right this week. The ladies, they're not. Some, normally they hold up the whole course. Oh, okay, but um they they we do it random. So how what how did yeah. you go? Well, well, this is, uh, not great. But not uh great. Friday I blew it. Yeah, I did meet up with you on Friday, and you no. you did tell me about hitting. Basically, zero out of 18 fairways in regulation. That was Thursday. Oh, that was round. Thursday. Sorry. Thursday's round. I had 80, I had scored 84 and I hit four fairways, two of them with a four iron. Yeah. On and, Friday. And, and one of which was bounced off a tree. That was with the two the two wood ones I hit with the wood. One was duffed and topped and rolled about 150 <laughs> meters. The other one was a vicious duck hook which hit a tree and went, came back on the fairway. <laughs> So it was not good. I still hit eighty four. Friday I was on fire. Oh, so cool. I was I was one over after ten holes. That's um, pretty good. It's, it's going well. Silly lazy double on the twelfth, but then uh, sort of pulled it back together. And so I was six over, two holes to play. Okay, yeah. so you went five over for five holes for six for holes. Six uh, seven holes. Okay, so that's pretty good as so, well. And that's with a double. Yep. And then I've doubled bogeyed the second to last and then I got a nine oh, on the part five. It's like that bloke at the US Open this week. That's what my dad said. Oh, did he? Yeah. And I four, I four putted the last hole as well as I headed into the hazard. Oh. So I don't know the name answers. of the guy that lost the US Open on the last R- hole. Ramirez or something. Okay. He's Chilean. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Wow. It's only his second. I'm not sure if it's his second start or his second start in a major. One or the other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And apparently on the... Did you, you watch the last hole? No, of course not. Well, so apparently it's a it's a fairly short par four. Mm. You can very easily hit five wood, three wood, four iron, just lay up, and then you've got a short was iron. He, was he ahead by a couple of shots? He or? was ahead by one shot, by I one. think. one, okay. And he took out driver... And there's water, and tried to monster it over the oh, water, no. unless totally unnecessarily, and just kind of apparently did hit a I don't know did hit a terrible shot apparently a horrible swing terrible got shot nervous. He got, got nervous got nervous tightened up sweaty hands yeah and made a meal of it and uh, that was and then he uh, even up double bogeying so he didn't even make the playoff no John Van der Velde so it was uh, just Justin Thomas got up and yes yeah, he did yeah by the way KO Sports. Oh yes. When you when you because I didn't watch this live, I was going to go watch it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever round it is, one, two, three, four. The picture they've got for the round is always the golfer that is ahead at the end of the oh, day. Oh, the old spoiler. There's massive spoiler. Oh, so it's got no. Justin Thomas, and I'm just like, what? Oh, that's, and, a, that's a bit annoying. Yeah. Perhaps that was a coincidence, though, Rob. Uh, no. No. <laughs> you don't have a four-round coincidence. Well, I've also got a bit of a beef with KO Sports as well. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was watching the – it was the rugby – it was the European Champions Cup quarterfinal. Mm. I think it was Munster and Toulouse. Mm. At the end of full time, it's a draw. Yeah. It's a quarter final. Mm. So extra time is being going to be played. Mm. No, that's when the broadcast finished. 24 all. Now, yeah. They didn't show extra time. And this game went to only the second ever penalty shootout in rugby history. What? Yeah. So at at the end of uh, extra time. And they just cut it, cut the broadcast. At full time, yeah. Not even, they didn't show any of it. Very poor. So it went to a penalty shootout in rugby. Jesus. So what they do is they put the ball on the 22, right in the, on the between the posts, and you kick. You Best kick. of five, like a penalty shootout in football, Yeah, but you've got to kick penalties. So in the, uh, straight in front? Straight or, in front, yeah. Well, how are you going to miss that? That's the, it's all about nerves. It's all the pressure. And once you get through the backs, you get to the forwards. That's the oh, crucial Oh, they time. change the kicker. Oh, yeah, you can't have the same kicker. Oh, Otherwise, you'll be there for This will be there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite like that. I would like to they see They should that. probably do it on a bit of an angle just to make it a little bit tougher, but it is yeah. dead in front. Craziness. That The, the, the worst ever cutout ever was when we were playing England in a test match to win the series, I think, New Zealand versus England right. in 1999. And I think we just got Alex Stewart out, and they were about they still they still needed a hundred runs, and they and they were six down or something. Okay, and they cut the broadcast. I went to some motor racing drivel in New Zealand. This was or it Australia was in England. Oh, in England. Yeah, we hadn't beaten them in England. I don't think ever, or maybe once and before. They cut the coverage. They cut the coverage. That's strange. That's it was, it was old school, like you know, normal TV. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the worst spoiler of all time. <laughs> okay. This drove me insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was when we've just come on the way back from the US. Me and Danny are at Auckland Airport. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The I'm World at- World Cup. <laughs> The World Cup football final, final. which was it was France v Croatia. Croatia, yep. And it was close. It was tight. I think it was one all or something. So what had happened was uh, Rob and his mate Dan had flown back from the US, so they yeah. missed the they missed the final. Yeah. But they landed in Auckland and they had a three hour layover. Yeah. So they're in the bar and they're replaying they the replay- game as we walk in. They're re- there's just just starting yeah. restarting the game again. The we, we have no idea what's happened. We yeah. turned phones off everything, and it's been a great game. There's about I think. Maybe we're halfway through the second half, and it's getting quite exciting. A random lady wanders over, sees us paying close attention. She's told we've had no interaction with her whatsoever, no conversation, nothing. 
And she just wanders over, looks looks at us both, just leans in and just goes, France wins. <laughs> and, and we just looked at her in stunned amazement. <laughs> and she was, like, proud of herself. Like, she was, she had no clue that, that what she'd done was disgracefully no. wrong. Yeah. Perhaps she's lonely, Rob. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon she is. <laughs> and I reckon there's a reason for it. Yeah. A, a socially inept yeah, moron. Uh, it's, what is wrong with it's someone amazing. to do that? That is an amazing story. It, it was a slappable offence. Yeah. Fortunately, we don't, we don't do that. No. I We're know. proper people. We don't condone any violence of any Certainly sort, especially not. against women. No, I'm just talking hypothetically. Hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. She if, should... if, if it was a less civilised society. Yeah. If it went to court after being slapped and you, and, and we all bro- pleaded your cases, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the judge, judge would say, oh, well, that's actually, fair yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. fact, the woman, you need to learn from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, you've learned the hard way. Don't talk to strangers about sport. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on in their lives. Yeah. This is important stuff. I mean, what happens if Danny had had like $10,000 on Croatia to win? That's true. And she comes what up and What if he said, was Croatian? Or, yeah. That's and she said, ah, oh, France wins, you know. And it's like, table. Yeah. We don't condone violence, so it's not. Certainly not. Definitely not. Not at all. But that a violent response was difficult to restrain. Could have been justified in a Amber Heard slash Johnny Depp style <laughs> point of view. Oh, it's just been great, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't not... it? It's just getting crazier and crazier. Is it? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, now I, don't, I can't tell what's going on because now so many YouTubers oh, have, really? have like got on this thing and just milking it right, and course. so it's just chopped up in all sorts because i've sort of given it up myself okay now. fair enough yeah we won't we won't go into it again no you don't have to no absolutely not but the one person's coming out no matter what the result justice has been restored for uh for johnny depp do you think she's basically crucified her career now she, she, yeah she 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 has to vanish yeah there's there, no one will employ her i don't think because yeah. there's also a big maybe i might be wrong there's but. a big uh, trial going on in the uk right now as well between some wives of footballers oh, wayne yeah. wayne rooney's wife i think i heard something yeah about they, this. they call it the the wagatha christie trial okay <laughs> it's all about instagram and somebody was leaking <laughs> stories from one of the other's instagram pages oh, and all yeah. sorts so yeah it's uh i don't know what's going right. on. right okay well, happily in the dark on that one, We'd, maybe. It's not worth my time. No. Unless something funny happens. Yeah. Then it's worth my time. <laughs> but at the end of the day, now talking about funny, it is the um, it's the Giro d'Italia right now, which is the one of the cycling events that, yep. that make up the big three. Hmm. So there's an African guy from Eritrea, Binium Gourmet. He yep. won a stage this week. So history-making winner hospitalized after copping champagne cork to the eye. When he was on the podium. Jesus. So, Biniam Gourmet. This sounds familiar. This has only happened this week. Mm. So, basically, he won the stage. It's his first major big win. Mm. So, he's bent over to yep. pick up the bottle of uh, champagne so he mm. can spray it. Mm. He's undone the, the little casing that goes and around the straw. And as he's nudged the bottle, his champagne cork's flown off and smashed him in the eye. Oh, no. And he kind of waved it off as if nothing was happening. He started spraying the champagne. But then they took him to hospital, and he's had to pull out of the whole race oh. due to his his eye injury. Did he not do the thumb in front? That's you got a guy well, that at least that goes away from you. Okay. Well, he's Eritrean. Yeah. Do you think he's he's shaken many massive champagne bottles before? I don't want to. I don't want to make. Not, I don't want to make a. Uh, they need to do training speculate. in these type of things now. You have got to practice the champagne spray. I don't. I don't want to racially profile Eritreans as non-champagne spraying well, out the bottle. Like I don't this. want to I racially mean. profile them there, but 
I would that, expect them not that, to. I don't think that's racially profiling. <laughs> I just, I don't want to get into that, Rob. Although, in this report, it does say, now he's the first black African to win a stage at the Giro d'Italia. Right. And second African overall after Alan van Hrydden won in nearby Passaro 1979. Although, multiple tour winner Chris Froome was born in Kenya, and Daryl Imbley of South Africa has won stages on the world tours. Germay is the first black African to do so. Okay. That's in the report. Yeah. Yeah. Just reading the report. I just read the report. What they were trying to get at was, there's white white Africans out there that have won. He's the first black one. Right. Well, to any future black Africans that are planning on winning a Tour de France stage, it's been done before now, so you're nothing special. Actually, I I do watch a bit of the... (laughs) Well, you you pretty much are, because if you'd have said five years ago that an Eritrean would win a major stage in a... I've not even heard of that country until a few couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. No, well, I've heard of it. They, had... love, they love cycling, apparently. Whoa. That's their new national sport. Well, congratulations. Yeah, there you go. But he smashed himself in the eye with a champagne cork, and then he had to pull out of the race. Yeah, he has one of those eye patches now. Yeah. You're like a pirate. Or do what they're now doing in the America... You know when you're world champions of America and you get in the dressing room and you spray all beers and champagne? They wear ski goggles, don't they? To stop oh. the beer going in their eyes. That's pathetic. Yeah, it is a bit pathetic. Also, people like Oakley and Scott and all these ski they're goggles. Sponsoring. They're sponsoring oh these celebrations so they all wear these bloody stupid goggles to spray drinks around. That's insane. Soft, isn't it? How, Soft, but, but how mental is it? the fact that someone spotted that as a marketing yeah, opportunity. exactly. The craziness of it. Yep, the craziness. It just moves on. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Andrew Gaze, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Gags with David, David Boone. Gags with David Boone, Rob. Yeah, is that song Walk Like an Egyptian? Yeah. Is that the Bangles? It is the Bengals, Susanna Hoffs and everything. Why do they sell it, telling people to walk like an Egyptian? That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure the backstory behind walk like an Egyptian. It, it was, it's not like a dance move thing, like do the twists, like walk yeah, well, like I an Egyptian. Well, I think it was a kind of a dance move thing, wasn't it? Never that was the video. It didn't hang in. This wasn't a classic, really, was it? No. It's, it has stood the test of time, the song, though. People still yeah. sing along to it. Well, it was it popped up right then, didn't it? Yeah, it did. On our African theme. Oh, yeah, if Egypt. You, if you e- say, Egypt is in Africa. Yeah, if you say Israel's in, it's probably the Middle East more than Africa, but it's kind mm. of, there's a bit on the African side of things, isn't there? I saw an amazing photo today of the Egyptian pyramid, nighttime, and then the, the, there's a very strict border of Cairo. Right, is Where there? it just stops. And there's all these lights and fancy stuff, and then it just stops, and then there's desert, and then the pyramid. Look pretty phenomenal. Right, okay. You've never been, you've been in the pyramid, pyramid? I have, actually, yes. You've been there? I have been in the pyramids, yeah. Made me want to go. Okay. But Cairo's a bit dodgy at the moment, isn't it? Oh, Cairo's dodgy at the best of times, mate. Is in it? In fairness, yeah. Yeah, okay. My trip, because I didn't really want to spend too much time in um, Israel. Mm. Israel? Egypt. 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 <laughs> Sorry. So I kind of, uh, I went to, where did I go first? I went somewhere. Then I was going to South Africa on the way. And I thought, oh, I'll have a play with the flights and see what I can kind of come up with. Yeah. And I got a flight 
with a 20-hour layover in Cairo, which allowed me to get out and about and see the sights. See the sights. Yeah, it's it's an interesting place. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. This taxi driver I got turned up in like a... um, I'm going to say a Jeep Wrangler. It wasn't quite the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. It didn't have any seatbelts, Rob. Okay. Put it that way. Yeah. It was a two-seater. It, it was a free country then. <laughs> it was a bit of a free country. Yeah. And I'm, I reckon this, this guy borrowed probably his mate's car. Yeah. I think they probably did it in shifts. <laughs> <laughs> he was flying around Cairo. So it was like Uber. But it was kind of like Uber, but in unre- a lot. Unregulated Uber. Unregulated, uh, oh, mate. Yeah. It was It was funny. It yeah. was funny at the time. Yeah. Was there a meter or just like, oh, nah. 20 bucks? No, no, no. It was like, because what, what you have to do... What's the currency there? Pounds, actually. The Egyptian pound. Really? Okay. What you have to do in Egypt is you have to negotiate prices before anything else. Okay. So you tell them where you want to go. Mm. I said pyramids. They went, mm. Okay, 50 pounds. Yeah. I can't remember how much that is. Right. Probably 15 dollars or something yeah and because it's a fixed rate they want to get you there as quickly as possible yeah so oh my word yeah it's good. it was it's like good, it? grand theft auto <laughs> in real life <laughs> it was mental anyway i did enjoy uh having a look around the old pyramids good there's some absolute nightmare people outside they're always trying to scam you yep always yeah yeah, yeah. and you can't really if you're by yourself yeah you can't really go anywhere without people really hooking into up, you yeah. there's so it's a tough one it's like when i went up the sacre coeur in paris and this girl got she has in this she, she was I almost swore sorry didn't you almost swore well um and uh and she was pretending she was deaf oh Deaf and, and, and dumb or something. Like she couldn't talk. Okay. And she was doing all this f- fake sign language or something. Mm. And I almost gave her some money. And then she realized I was almost dead. And then she got, when I just realized I was going to pull back, she got like proper psycho. Okay. And it's almost like costing me. And I had physically pushed her away in the end. Oh, hope she didn't fall off the side of the sacred curve. Well, it was a bit of a performance, frankly. Give us a number, Rob. David Boone. Number... 54. The Sleepover. Okay. It is apparently a true story that after the 1984 grand final, the Essendon team partied long into the night. As Paul Salmon relates in his book Fishtails, at 4am the great footballer Paul Van den Haar decided he needed a bit of a lie down. The next morning there's a phone call at the club from a family that lived near the Essendon offices at Windy Hill to say that Van der Haar was asleep on their couch. They had left the front door open for when their teenage son came home and the Bombers champion had obviously seen the light on. They weren't concerned that he was there. They were just worried that someone might be wondering where he was. So not a joke, just a story, a funny anecdote. It's a little story. There is a quick one here, same page though, a simple explanation. There was this group of young backpackers on a tour bus somewhere in Europe. To kill time between stops, the French guide on the bus asked if someone on the bus could tell everyone else a joke, whereupon a girl volunteered to tell a Port Adelaide joke. Straight away, a bloke from up the back of the bus cried out, That's not fair, I'm a Port Adelaide fan. That's all right, said the guide. We'll explain it to you afterwards. So there you so, go. so this is the thing. This is so I'm starting to realise. Yeah. What they've really got wrong is the title of the book. Yes. I think I've said this at times. That it is, a, and that was literally two little anecdotes. If, That's exactly what at, they were. At best, might provoke a, a mild smirk. I think the second one was a, was kind of could be accepted as a joke. It can be accepted. Yeah. 
But really, it was just an account of a cheeky one-liner from a bus driver to yes. a passenger. Yeah, yeah. And really, the sort of thing that is the banter that I might hear in the bottle shop, frankly, is that sort of level. Mm, like, yes. like they're actually planned gags. Yeah. Like, like, so my old boss at my first work, he had a repertoire of one-liners that he'd, he'd put away in his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he just knew he had them there to pull them out. And that was his idea of being clever and funny and witty. Okay. Was just repeating these one-liners yep. at the right time. He yeah, maybe yeah. had 20 or 30 of them. And it's, it's actually... It's good, good to have them in the not, bank, though. It's not funny at all. Well, yeah. it's good. No, it's not good. Okay. It, it's not, it's, it's not good. It, it, it means you're not thinking for yourself. Uh, okay. It means you're just practicing. You're, 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 yeah. you're kind of acting in real life. Don't okay. like that. Uh, on this day in sport, this is another book I bought. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Eric Cantona, yeah. the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lane Beachley, it's her birthday. Australian netballer Catherine Cox. Uh, who else is birthday? Liz McColgan. Mm. What else happened on this day in sport? In 2010, oh... Phil the Power Taylor became the first to hit two nine-dart finishes in a single match during the Premier League final against James Wade. Greatest individual Only sportsman. Only you would make that sound before a dart thing. Oh, Phil the Power Taylor. He's, great. He's the greatest individual sportsman of all time, Rob. He is. Uh, 2009, I'm Danica, not even going to bother. Danica Patrick becomes third in the Indy 500. First ever podium finished by a woman. So all other women after her, you mean nothing. She was the first. 2009, Ivo Karlovic, the Croatian, set a record for aces in a tour-level match, serving 55 aces in his upset five-set loss to oh, Australian Leighton Hewitt. Nice one, late. Uh What else have we got here? Al Unser, who was 47 years old, won the Indy 500 in 1987. He's the oldest person to win it. So, uh, what did I say? There was a football. Al Unser. Al Unser Senior, not Al Unser Junior, races as well. Mm. Uh, in 1964, there was a football riot in Peru after a disputed goal during an Olympic qualifying match between Peru and Argentina. 320 fans died, 500 more taken to hospital when a riot erupted the National Stadium in Lima. Well, 300 people died in a riot. More people should know about this. 320 fans died in 1964 in Peru. 1964. Yeah. That's the first time I didn't even know about that. That's craziness. So, That's a massive amount of people. It's a lot of people. More, dying. more died than injured. So someone, so there's been someone's got a machine gun or something. You would have thought so. It'd it? have unless, to be unless something a collapse a, happened of a, a collapse, or, or maybe the police came in and opened fire, sort of thing. That's a lot of people to the die. Old Sunday, yeah. bloody Sunday. Yeah, that's. A, we'll have to look more into the 1964 Peruvian football. Yeah, riots. yeah. I want to know, know, know why 320 three, people that's, died. That's a lot, and it's not as if. I don't know if Peru and Argentina have got beef. I'm not sure whether it's clashing of rival fans. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. In the meantime, though, Rob, we're going to do this. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a mark because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless Just quickly for the record, beef. Yep. Both Peru and Argentina, from what I've heard, have plenty of beef. They do. Spot on, Rob. Well done. That's, uh, that's uh, almost. Uh, I was going to say that's almost punnying for you. But it, it is punny. But it's uh, that's a very good observation, though. Mm. Well done. Right. I found this totally by accident. 1981. The VFL, as it was back then, yeah. put out an album. The whole VFL. Yeah. There was only 12 teams back then in 1981. Right. It was called Footy Favourites. Okay. So, they basically got the best players from each of their teams 
to do a little song. A whole song? A whole song. We're not going to hear... I'm, I've basically taken one-minute snippets from each song. Okay. So... Uh, is there a, is, are the songs about football as such, or are they about just... No. Uh, they're about no, life? No. They are literally singing the hits... Well, not even the hits of the day. There's some traditional ones in there. Oh, there there's some covers... They're all covers. They're not original. Sorry, right. Rob. So, so a representative from each team. So, this yep. is an album. What's the name of the album again? Footy favorites. Footy favorites. So, it might be the, the this the individual players' favorite song. Right. So, it's it's never a collective of of no players together. It's always one particular player. Always one particular player. Going so, is Dermot Brereton do one? No. Oh, because he's not a bad singer, Dermot Brereton. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1981, was that before his time? Uh, it would have been, been about that. Anyway, about we're going to go through the album because yeah. there's no, I'm not picking any favourites here. We're just going to go through the album and listen to it in all its glory. So we're going to start off with the Essendon legend, mm. Tim Watson. Yep. He's doing Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. Yep. You've painted up your lips and wrote and curled your tinted hair. Are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Oh, oh don't take your love to town. Started that old crazy Asian walk But I was proud to go into my patriotic job I guess it's true that I'm not the man I used to be Oh, Ruby I still need some company well, that's the one that kicks off the album. Kenny okay. Rogers, Ruby, don't that's take Kenny your love. That's Kenny Rogers. That's yeah. what I was wondering about. The um, music is interesting, though. Well, the whole thing's terrible. <laughs> um, the, Just one track. Uh, strange. It, it's it's proper. That that really is a 1980s garage in society. It was, wasn't it? Um, the, the, very much uh, the vocal is lacking confidence. And wavering on pitch yeah. dramatically, so someone's come in and layered those uh, chorus harmonies to try and give them a bit of assistance. Nineteen eighty-one layering, you can tell. It's the old meatloaf. Turn, turn the backing vocals up. Here. Alrighty. Yeah. So now, Trevor Barker, St Kilda legend, Johnny Nash's. I can see clearly now. Ah, okay. I can see clearly now that the rain has gone. Oh. I'll do a great video for this. Used to make me cry. Dark 
feelings have disappeared. So there you go. Yeah. Not, he's, he's trying to get there, but I think it's the same deal. Lacking confidence. It certainly is lacking confidence. He's gone a sort of a step down too. He's but like, I can see the backing track. I can see clearly now. That should be up there. See? Should be, yeah. But um, the backing track, I th- you just can't help but feel comical. Uh, well, yeah, it's it, it's real. Got a real out of a elevator music vibe to it. That yeah. that particular backing track. Just going up the old um, Hammond organ. Yeah. I'm right. not into that. Collingwood next. Ray Shaw is going to take on that Irish traditional folk piece, Danny Boy. Jesus. Danny Boy. Oh. The pipes, the pipes are calling. Oh. <laughs> From Glen to Glen. Glen to Glen. Oh. That's not it. And down the mountain. Poor players being made to do this. The summer's gone, and all the roses are dying. Oh, terrible. If you must go, then I. I must die. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a butcher job. Again, severely lucky and com- like this is the this is the thing like people think it's it's not just about singing in tune which that was not as well. So none no. of them have had no. can sing in tune so far like no, no. like they're vaguely in the ballpark but it's p- very oh, pitchy it's very not it's not great ballpark, mate. but 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 it's it's so much about us it's about conviction yeah and 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 some intent and, and attitude and and this is all very tentative yep I, I feel sorry for the players someone's had this idea let's do this yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh i mean i'd be very dark if, if okay uh, I was put in this situation with, with zero talent. We're off to North Melbourne now. Wayne Schimmelbush. Um, Ray Brown and the Whispers, 20 miles. Mm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, wasn't expecting that. I don't what, think the what, choice of song is what, helping there. No, well, it's just you can't have someone that has no rhythm, no talent, no nothing, and get expected to sing a song. It's just impossible. <laughs> you can't do that. 
They may as well get you to sing it, Beef. It's that. It's that bad. <laughs> like, like, honestly. Um, now, the, what what was the purpose or intent of them just to raise some funds for the AFL, basically, or VFL? Well, that's a great question. What was the point of this album? I think it was to... No, nothing good could s- come out of this. ...satisfy um, punters' demand for... This is the first celebrity stuff that we could do. This is like... Um, what's, but, the, what's the one where you dress up in the costume and go on the song? And Dave Hughes <laughs> guesses it's dress. Beyonce. Oh, the... Vo- the, the mass the singer. The mass singer. Well, well, what's, this is the original of that. But they're not masked. No, but they're on vinyl, so you don't really know. It's got their name. Yeah, it has got their name. But who? Well, why did they end up doing this? It's, it's, it's not. It's never going to end well. You can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, 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 is there any record of the reaction as to what? Oh, they what loved happened? it. AFL punters, they loved it, Rob. They thought but, it was brilliant. They, they probably were, did. Were they, they laughing wanted at it? F- I don't know. They probably wanted follow-ups. Um, Footscray and Sydney legend Barry Round. He took on. Elton John's Little Genie. Though you grown beyond your years, you still retain the fears of youth. Oh, little genie, you got so much time. Little genie, but you burn up so fast. There you go. So he, you know what it's not said. bad, though. He had a no, go. No, that, that was bad. That was terrible. Okay. Um, the, if um, it's sort of like if they're at the club and they had a karaoke night. Yeah. So, and it's sort of like, hey, get up, just get up and do a song, Daz. Give us a. You got a bit, bit of lungs on. You got some lungs on you, mate. Yeah, mate. Sing us a song, mate. <laughs> and um, he he actually doesn't, and that's what it sounds like. Just think though, the clubs would have nominated their best. Singer for this? Do you oh, do you reckon? No, I, I think, I think the AFL the would have selected. Would have selected the player yeah, yeah, yeah. without thinking that they can't sing. All right, uh, Richmond and Collingwood favourite David Cloak. He's going to take on Joe Cocker's The Letter. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to catch a fast train. Jeez. Lonely days are gone. I'm a going home. My baby, she wrote me a letter. Listen to that band drop. Uh, that's not a band. It's a disaster, Pete. They're all ru- just rubbish. I know. What's the name of the segment? There's <laughs> no rhythm. No. Aeroplane. Oh, imagine. I feel. You know who I feel most sorry for? The producer. Oh, he's having a ball. Imagine having to work with that and try and make something out of it. The strange thing is, these sound like one takers. 
Like they would have well, had a few goes, but they, uh, there I, doesn't seem to be much editing involved. I think, I think he eventually would have got less and less tolerant throughout. I mean, it was tried initially, yeah, and then it would have taken a whole day to try and get a takedown. Right. And then each time he would have gone, uh, he'd just do a run through, see if he could sing a tune and if it had rhythm. And if he didn't, he'd just go, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just go through. Just, get, just do yeah. three takes and I'll chop it up. Well, here we go then. This is Wind the Windows Down, Michael Turner from Geelong. Peter Allen's... When my baby, when my baby goes me, I go to Rio. When my baby, when my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio. Yeah, De Janeiro. There you go. Uh, this is probably the best of the lot so far, but still not 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 my not, my not good vague understanding of eighties AFL. Michael Turner wasn't shy of a bit of confidence and a bit of swagger. Okay, so that's probably why for me that's that's a, that's the pick of the bunch thus far. Oh, is it? But, okay, but, but it's still not not there. Oh, clearly not there. All right, this is uh, Fitzroy legend Laurie Serafini. He's chosen Carol King's Hard Rock Cafe. No. <laughs> you can find yourself at the Hard Rock Cafe. Put your money on a number anyone can play. Come on and tell us all what happened to you two oh. today at the Hard Rock Cafe. Backing vocals up, backing vocals up. <laughs> Hope you can find your way oh. to the hard rock cafe. Yep. After a hard day's work, I guarantee there just isn't anywhere better to be. Oh. I mean, I don't need to say much about no, that. No, that's really. pretty bad. Really rubbish. All right, then. The thing, the thing is, you know, you know when they had their meatloaf and the thing back in vote, yeah. have you... Have you heard lately the next person who's fallen by the wayside on the, with the vocal front? No. John Bon Jovi. Oh, really? He's lost it. Bon Jovi. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I've, 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 I've heard some, some writing uh. complaints, and I did see a short clip of him doing Dead or Alive. Wow. Terrible. Okay. Well, that's yeah. not good. I, I know the last time I've seen him doing Living on a Prayer, he... Yep. The high parts, he doesn't sing, and he just points to the crowd, and they do it. Uh, uh, so something, he might have a degenerative sort of yeah. thing going on there. like Meatloaf. All right, and Rob, I need you to decide who was worse, 
Gail Gadot, is that what she's called? Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot. Gail Gadot. Or Gal. Gal. Or Mark McClure from Carlton. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. Ah, uh, Mark's got a beat easy. Yeah, he was getting there, wasn't he? Was he? A, he was sli- slightly rushing, slight, as, as my yeah. biggest criticism there. Of I that, didn't get uh, to but, the uh, bit where you he's know, got a nice tone to his voice, and and, and was it was the, definitely the most in June. Mm. Um, Gal Gadot just oh. just hate her. Yeah, yeah. I know. She, did, by the way, she got massive backlash. For oh, that. we know that. We know yeah, that. All right, we're bringing on home now, Rob. Three absolute belters. We're going to start off with Hawthorne. This is Michael Moncrief doing the police. Young teacher, the subject of school fantasy. She wants you so bad. He's not even on case. what she wants to be. Inside her, there's da-da, da Should be there. He's like, look at how flat he is. This It just reminds me of when you're at high school or something, yeah. and some meathead farmer decides he likes some song, and he likes that guy, and he just starts singing it real loud in the in the locker room or something. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. after you've you know PE or and he's yeah. uh, just being an idiot, and that's how they sing like I think, that. I think that was with, me. With, well, with no, yeah, that, that sounds like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it reminds me of. You wait till the last two. This is Robbie Flower from Melbourne doing the Village People. Jesus. 
not a hard song to sing this one. <laughs> Apparently it is if you're Robbie Flower. Right. Is that the whole album? We got one more. It's But this is so many terrible performances. Well you wait till this one. Um I reckon the producer had, had enough by this stage. Yeah, he just because said one take, yeah, that's This it. is Kelvin Templeton from Footscray doing Connie Francis's Who's Sorry Now. I don't know if I know the song. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Who's sorry now? Who's sorry now? Whose heart is aching? I don't know how the song goes. Oh, we'll play it. Or breaking a vow. Who's sad and blue? Who's crying too? Just like I've cried over you. Right to the end. Just like a friend. I tried to warn you. Somehow. You had your way. What's this? Now you must pay. I'm glad that you're sorry now. I'm pretty sure so, they'd just given up so by that either, stage. Either, either he just said, I'm not singing this. And yeah. they couldn't get it right. Just say it. Just yeah. say the words. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. Because, I mean, I, I don't know that song. I don't know the melody. We're going to play but I know. I know it doesn't. wouldn't sound like... I, I know it's not the right sort of um, <laughs> uh, type of tone that suggests yeah. a word art poetry piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I reckon by the time he got through 11 of these, the producer said... I'm not doing this again. It would have just just been, say the words, Calvin. What a horrendous! I mean, this is—they're lucky that this is before the footy show started. Yeah, it's about four it years. Is not, it is from nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, I don't know when the footy show started, but yeah, nineteen eighty-one. The about, album was. Apparently, it was a bit of controversy about including Imagine because it was literally a couple of weeks after John Lennon was killed. Jeez, yeah. So well, certainly, that could be potentially quite disrespectful. Yeah. Well, especially doing it like that. Yeah, although, oddly, he was the best singer of the entire group. You think so? Oh, without uh, doubt he was the was best Who was it? Singer. Oh, Mark McClure. Yeah. From, I uh, don't even know, Carlton he played for. Yeah, without so. doubt, the, easily the best singer. There was, that's not saying much. Definitely it's, isn't. That there was 11 disasters in there, including one that actually obviously couldn't, was so bad that he had to just say the words. Say the words. Yeah. So there it is, worst song in the world this week. It was twelve songs from the Footy Favorites a VFL album from nineteen. Yeah, get yourself a copy, people. If you want to reminisce. Oh, there's thousands on eBay for a fifty cents. I reckon you could do some great. Do you know what? It's probably I, a buddy love, collector's I item now. Yeah, all those tracks are on YouTube, by the way. That's where I got them from. Yeah, right. All of them in full. Done well to find that one, beef. It came up totally by accident. I was looking for something else. Okay. Um, I, I wonder. Do- that's, that's. I mean, that's one you could bring up with them now. They'd just be in oh, hysterics. embarrassed uh, or hysterics. Either one. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leaks. 
Beep up your snack life. Hi, I'm Mark Williams, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Is it better than the beef? Probably. Is it better than the beef, Rob? What do you got? Have you just given yourself yourself down the river, or have you uh, just big up? You giving yourself nothing to compete with at all? Beef or bust? A British man. Beef or bust? Beef or bust? A British man spent 36 hours rocking back and forth on a swing to break a Guinness World Record. Richard Scott, 51, of Kinross. Oh, it says England. That's Kinross is definitely in Scotland. Started swinging at 6:10 a.m. Saturday at Loch Leven's Larder Cricket Pitch. And then finished up on Sunday evening. Scott was allowed a five-minute break for each hour he spent on the swing. But he saved up his breaks to take a 3 a.m. nap. Scott's 36-hour swinging marathon broke the record of 34 hours, which was set by Quinn Levy in October 2020. The Rotary Club of Kinross and District, where Scott is a member, shared the video of the record attempt on Facebook. Oh, it's been good. The tops of my legs are a wee bit sore, but apart from that, I've been fine. It's been a good experience. It's been challenging, but it's really been good. I'm very excited. So, is swinging back and forth on a swing for 36 hours better than the Beef's world record? Look, I can in, tell the answer, Rob. In, in some ways, it's it's grueling. But what's it, is he just sitting on the swing? No, he's swinging. But is he st- standing? No, he's sitting. He's sitting and sitting swinging. Sitting on a swing. So he's got to be swinging, though. For, for a Constant day and a half. Constant motion for a day and a half. Apart from a 3 a.m. Well, nap. no, it's not It's not a better record. It's it's not like... That's, uh, no, Rob. I don't want to hear more about it. It's the answer. That is the correct answer. No, it's not. Yeah. Simple as that. No, it's not. If so, if you say what your record is, people want to want to know about it. If you say you swung on a swing for 36 hours, I think, well, you're an idiot. I like that. It's not better than the beef. No. To me, being woke means being outraged all the time. It's being uncomfortable all the time. I also think about what words actually mean. We're going to need people to really preach to people who already understand what it means. I think to be woke means reaching out and speaking to people along the way and bringing them on uh, to increase the amount of wokeness in your community. Right, Rob. Yep. I don't know if this person is going to increase the amount of wokeness in their community. Okay. British influencer who insists they're Korean believes you are allowed to choose your race. Yeah, yeah. British yeah. influencer Ollie London has ruffled a few feathers during a discussion with a black woman after telling her that they identify as Korean. The pair sat down to chat for Channel 4's Would You Rather to discuss transracialism, oh, which yeah. is what London identifies as. Okay. Transracialism is the belief you can identify as a different race yeah. to the one you were born into. Yeah. The debate kicked off when the non-binary influencer explained their race to her. Yeah. I used to live in Korea for one year. I love the history, the culture, and the people. I've put myself through a lot of pain. I've had a lot of surgery procedures to have more of a Korean aesthetic. I spent a lot of time learning the language, learning how to cook Korean foods. Mm. London then went on to explain the backlash they faced after coming out as transracial. Mm. People didn't really get it. Not everyone will get it, but I hope over time people will be more accepting of me. The woman they was explaining this to appeared stunned Mm. by the admission. 
She then told London that transracialism does not exist. I can't sit up here and say, oh, I'm suddenly a white person. If you as a white person can sit up and say, oh, I can be black or I can be Korean and I can't swap and benefit from the privilege you benefit from, then clearly it's not an equal exchange. London recently revealed that they had gone under the knife 18 times to look like BTS singer Park Ji Min. Despite the extensive surgeries to align London's look with a Korean person, the black woman hit back. You're not a Korean man! No matter how much surgery you do or of the aesthetic you adopt, London then disagreed. Nobody can take away what a minority group has been through, but when you combine culture, millions of people now do adopt a lot of the Korean cultural aspects through K-pop or K-drama. She was having none of it and told the white influencer to check their privilege. I think your skin colour has a lot to do with everything you're doing. I think you need to recognise that white supremacy is a global issue. What you're essentially saying is, you can change your race. You can't change your race. Social media users are then overwhelmingly sided with her comments. One said, it clearly doesn't understand that you can appreciate a culture and live within that culture, but ethnically, you are not part of it. A second said, Ollie London is disrespectful towards black, indigenous, people of colour and trans slash ambi people. A third then added, is Ollie joking? Is this for real? I totally agree with a woman. Ollie is effing ridiculous. London has now doubled down on their stance with this follow-up statement. If you can switch genders and you can switch race. Period. Why are there so many double standards in the world within the woke brigade? You can be one thing, but not the other. Let's all embrace our differences. Everyone has the right to choose how they identify. I mean, the number of people that Will Smith could have slapped before Chris Rock. (laughs) Then there's a long line there. A long, long line. I don't like any of them. No. Like, I mean, obviously the person who's saying the Korean is is mental and and is mentally deranged. Yep. And should be put in some kind of institution. So that's the first part of it. I don't like that other twat saying that white supremacy is a global issue. I don't think it is a global... what are you talking about specifically? What countries? Where? White supremacy. What mm. Define white supremacy. What does that even mean? Because uh, to me, it, it means the Nazi party. Do you, do you really think that's a global issue these days? I don't think that it is. So you're an idiot as well. I don't know. This is just a pool of just twatville. Mm. Um, I don't... As I, I think... I, I'm speechless. I think you're as speechless as me, Rob. Put it that way. When when is this? I love to think of the people they're influencing. This Ollie London, who's who's influenced no, no, by no them? No one with any brain is influenced. It's just like a. It's a because they are officially an inf- influencer. It's a, it, it's a blade of grass. How have they flying it? through also, in, in a hurricane? It's the, it's just nothing. They've paid for eighteen surgeries. How have they afforded this eighteen surgeries? This is expensive stuff to look like a Korean. Because this is influencer stuff. The influencer, crazy. Anyway, that's um. It's See, madness, the thing Rob. is, I wonder if like because okay, they've had this easy money come about through being an influencer. They have to keep thinking of stuff, and they they lose any perspective on reality or any sense of what might be vaguely sensible, so that they can just keep money coming in, maybe. And that's why they start inventing this insanity, which yeah. then gets on some crappy news article somewhere with someone who's short of content. And then it goes on some dodgy podcast in Australia at 10 a.m. at night sort of yeah. thing, you know. 10 p.m. P.m., depending on where you are in the world. Yes, exactly right. But when I read that, I was just thought, oh, Rob, I love this. I didn't love it at all. I know. But for that matter, just so we're clear, I'm now a donkey. Hey, bro, if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass... No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. 
Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Oh, that music can only mean one thing, Rob. I'm ready. Time for Sporting Gladiators. This is the quiz show that everyone in the world hangs out for. It is the duel between myself, Kieran Beefy Blake, the world's biggest sports fan, and over there in the corner, the man who only knows three sports, Rob Bryars. What are they? Golf, cricket, and rugby. Is that it? Generally, yeah. Pretty much? Yep. Yeah, sounds about right. And vaguely New Zealandish sports. And vaguely recent AFL and horse racing. Okay, vaguely. And a short period in time where Grounds was at the top of his interest schedule. Yeah, that's schedule. true also. Yep. Anyway, three questions each. There are five points to be won on every question. A total of 15 if you get a full house. Yep. The idea is to score more than the other person. I am going to ask Rob the first question. It's a kind of a geography question for you. Geography. Name five major league sports teams that call Ohio home. Any five major teams that are based in Ohio, Rob? Cleveland Indians. Or their new name. Not this a bonus. I'm going to accept the Indians. What is it now? The Guardians. That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. That's a real, such a long history. Cleveland, uh, what else is in Ohio? Is Pittsburgh in Ohio? I think it is. Pittsburgh Pirates. No. Oh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Uh, Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania, right? Sorry. Yeah, of course it is. What else is in Ohio? St. Louis, Missouri. This is Major League Sports, not just baseball. Oh, I was just going baseball. No, Major League Sports teams. Oh, right. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns in the NFL. Yes, Rob. So one left... What's the Cincinnati um, American football team? Got the Super Bowl, Rob. Yeah. What are they called? Not the Tigers, Lions. Who is the Lions? They don't have a basketball team. Cleveland basketball team. Cleveland basketball hockey. I need to get this uh, this American football team. So I've got the Cleveland Brown, uh, Cincinnati. I I can't remember. Since I'm trying to see what the uniform looks like. The Cincinnati Saints. If there was a New Orleans team that moved to Cincinnati, yes, that yeah, would have been the case. Saints. The Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Uh, I, was going, I was going for some kind of cat. Yeah, yeah. you you named Lions and Tigers. You missed out the Cleveland basketball team. What's that? Cavaliers, the Cavs. Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. Or, this is a bit that. of a floater, ice hockey, Columbus Blue Jackets. Jesus. Yeah, it's a tough no one. Chance, tough that. one. And so, three. Nah, three is not, it's not bad. Not bad. All right. I've got another great one for you. Thanks, man. We're on cricket again. All right. We have got test cricket captains that made their debut as captain at age 35 or over. And you can choose any from the top 50. So the first game they played, they were captain? No, their, oh. their debut as captain. Made their debut uh, as captain. Okay, all right. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. There was one, there was an English guy. Now, is it Colin or Chris Cowdery? One of them was a... Uh, I'm going to say Chris Cowdery. I can't see a Chris Cowdery at this point in time. Okay, It's all right. a long list. I think they one of the captains quit and they drafted him in to be a captain. That's and he was forty or something in the West Indies. Okay, but we'll we'll look into that. Okay, so they got the captaincy after they. Okay, well the first one I'm going to say then is they, they, they may have debuted and captain. Just, just yeah, means yeah. debut. No, no, no captain. I know, but yeah, this no matter how saying. long. Okay, I can't see. His I'm going to say Kepler Vessels then because he would have been the first captain of South Africa when they no. came back. No, 
Really? Nah, nah he would have been. Oh, from two. Alright, what about, um, what was he called? Kim Hughes. Nah. No? Nah, he would have been younger than that. Yeah, I'm just thinking of World Series cricket. Brian Lara. Nah, no. There is a famous West Indian on here. Courtney Walsh. No. Right. That's a shit question, Rob. <laughs> it's a pretty hard question. That's why we're in top 50. Yeah. Well, give me three then. I don't, it doesn't uh, matter. Graham Gooch. Right. Anil Kumble. Okay, yeah. Gordon Greenwich. All right. Yeah. Jeff Boycott. Right. Gee, Headley, who's that? George Headley. He's, that's the second time we've yeah, had him we're going from the, that, That's just random ones I pulled out. Yeah, yeah. W.G. Grace. Oh, well. So going from the top, W. Bardsley, 43, leads 1926. Yeah, yeah. Top, of, top of mind, him. V.Y. Richardson for Australia v. South Africa in 1935. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A few random ones. But, yeah, that's the kind of famous ones. Jeff Boyker, Anil Combo, Ray Ellingworth, um, Gordon Greenwich, Darren Murray. Darren Murray from Western East. Ah, oh, he was a wicketkeeper. Yeah. Derek Murray. Der- oh, sorry, I said Derek. Mizbah Ol Huck. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mizbah. Well done. Most of them, apart from that, well, are not, not really. Yeah, great. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Zero. All right. Right. Only five All Black coaches have coached more than 29 games. Name all of them. John Hart. John Hart is one. Laurie Maines. Laurie Maines is two. Graham Henry. Three. Steve Anson. Yep, four. Yeah. Wayne Smith. No. Uh, Grizz Wiley. Yes. Yeah. He is the other one. I thought you would have said, uh, what was the bold guy called? John Mitchell. John Mitchell. Thought about was him. Was there a heart as well? He was a coach? Nah, so Mitchell and Wayne Smith were in between uh, Wayne Smith, Graham Henry. and okay. But Wayne Smith was part of the same crew. Right. He stayed on, effectively. Okay. Nice question, Beef. This one, I think, is a bit fairer. All right. It's the other end. Youngest test debutants, age 17 or under. Again, from like the from So there's 35 you can choose from that debuted... Right. At 17 or younger. Tendulkar. Yep. Debuted at 17 or younger. I don't think there's any Aussies on that list that I would know of. They're all Indians and Pakistanis. Um, Left arm seamer. Shahid Afridi. Or he might... No, Shaheen Afridi, not Shahid Afridi. Wasn't he 17 when he made his debut? You're definitely on the right track with saying Pakistan and Indians. Yeah. I can't see him. Okay, well, let's see. Um, I'm going to say then Vinod Kamblay. Wasn't he of Tendulkar's ilk when he was 17 when he made his debut? I can't no. see him. All right. Fernando. Sri Lanka. There's got to be a Fernando there. No. No? There's like 50 Fernandos that play for Sri Lanka. There's got to be one of them of 17. <laughs> uh, Indian superstar kid, 17 or... The youngest is 14. Really? Playing test cricket? For Pakistan v Zimbabwe. Wow. In 1996. 14-year-old? And it's quite new. Wow, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Is he uh, Ali Khan? <laughs> no. Hassan Raza, his name Hassan was. Hassan Raza, there you go. 14, I didn't know that. There's actually some quite famous Pakistani names here. How many, is there any guesses left? No, that's, that's it, it, all over. That guy who's 14's name is Hassan Raza. Oh, okay. Uh, Mushtaq Muhammad. Right. With the knees Lahore in... Oh, that's actually 959, sorry. Yeah. Mohammed Sharif, Akib Javid. Akib Javid, yeah. He's right in front of Sachin. So Sachin's the fifth youngest ever. Okay. Then there's a bunch of ones I never heard of. Surprise, yeah. Imran Nazir, Mohammed Amir. Well, there was no, who was the other lad that got banned for match fixing? Oh, he was quite young. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary Sobers is in here. Ah, oh, fantastic. Waka Yunus. Was he 17? He man? was at almost the day before he turned 18. Okay. Actually, apart from that, it's a bit tough. 
<laughs> I should have gone to 18 because then you could have got Dan Vittori. There's a few more in there. Oh, well, I still wouldn't have got it. All right, Rob. Seven Kiwis have won Olympic Athletics gold medals. Name just five of those seven. Athletics gold medals. Yep, Athletics gold medals. Jack Lovelock. Jack Lovelock in 1936. He did win one. Peter Snell. Peter Snell. He won three. John Walker. John Walker, 1976, won the 1500. Lorraine Muller. No. Oh, oh, Yvette Williams. Yvette Williams, the long jumper. Yes, 1952. I've got Yeah, you got four. Murray Halberg, he won. Of course. Uh, Norman Reed, 1956, he smashed it in the 50k walk. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) And then you missed out the shot putter. Um, Valerie Valerie Adams or Villy I actually honestly beef I think you've asked me that before I think we've had a similar one and I still didn't we had get a it similar right. question to that oh, Lorraine I'm in a vet Williams god damn right now this is probably the best question of the lot okay you, then alright now because we've done New Zealand test bowlers not wicket takers top 5 and top 6 to 10 for a bonus question yeah from, from 11 to 20 <laughs> yeah. name any 5 for test for wicket test takers for New Zealand, off for New Zealand, for New Zealand of all time. Test uh, wicket takers, test wicket yeah, bowling from eleven to twenty. Yeah, because I think I asked you the first ten. You, you you asked me the first five and I got it right, yeah. and then you asked me if I knew the top ten and I got that right too. So okay. I'm going to tell you the top ten. You can count them out. All right, yeah, yeah. So Hadley, Vittori, Salvi, Bolt, Wagner is one to five. Yeah, Chris Martin, Chris Cairns, Danny Morrison, Lance Cairns, you and Chatfield. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would've... someone like Nathan Astle. Oh, are you kidding me? You went for Nathan Astle. No way. No. Not in Test cricket. He played a lot of Test cricket, of, though. No, he, but he didn't bowl that All much. Right. He, he bowled a lot of We're going to say Chris Harris. You're going, no, they're not Test cricket. They, they right. played one-day players. Well, I thought Chris Harris would have played a few Tests. Nah, he there. played maybe less than 20. All right. Okay. Oh, well, from 2. I'm doing well today. Chris Pringle. Oh, is he in there, Pring? Nah. No. Nah, again, didn't play a lot of tests. All right. There's a couple. There's, I reckon there's two you should have got here. Yeah, probably. One of them you've met. Oh, what about who's the new kid on the block? Just got, uh, no. Matt Henry's not in the top 20 already. Cole Jamison's way ahead of him. Is he? Matt Henry's only played five, six Yeah, games. but he's already got 50 wickets. So it's probably up there. Murphy Sewer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I asked you a question on him before. <laughs> All right, who, who should I've got? Oh, Dion Nash. Yes, Dion Nash and is in there. And the other one is Shane Bond. I should have said he's in there. Yeah. And there's one more you should get to. We uh, did this, we did his radio show. Oh, yeah, Simon Dool. Simon Dool. Is uh, I was going to say Matt Hart. Is he there? Matthew Hart. Nah. Nah. Hardly played any tests again. Yeah. Our wicket taking is abysmal because Kyle Jameson is. Well, he slowed right down. He's he was on track to smash. He's got sixty six, and he's yep. about twenty fifth. So you got after you and Chavit, Richard Collins. I was gonna, John Bracewell. Is he there? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Bruce Taylor, John Bracewell. Uh, Who? Uh, Who's the Taylor? Bruce Taylor. I think his name Who's was. he? Sixty five to seventy three. Took a hundred and eleven. I think he was an all rounder. Actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then Bracewell. R.C. Motts. Never heard of Simon yep. Dool, Dion Nash, Shane Bond, Headley yep. Howarth. Oh, all right. John Reed and James Franklin. Actually. James He's Franklin. 20th. He got 80 with 82 wickets. Right. Right behind him is actually next is Daryl Tuffy. Oh, that's who I was thinking of. Not Murphy Sewer. Daryl oh, Tuffy. Tuffy. Not Murphy. He's 21st anyway. Okay, I was thinking of Daryl Tuffy, and not then, Murphy then, Sewer. And then Deepak after Daryl. Oh, okay, Pat Patel. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, classic. Yeah, you're, you're smashing me with a cricket at the minute. Uh, it's, uh, I'm well, not a great cricket statistician. I've watched a lot of cricket, played a bit of cricket, but the statistics side of things. All are right, I'll try no, and no, branch right. out. I did Speedway the other day. You did? You got five for that. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been a fantastic show today, if I don't say so myself. Good. Please hear it. Sheep yep. sentenced to three years in jail after being convicted of murder. Fair enough. A sheep has been sentenced to jail for three years after he was found guilty of murder. The ram was taken into police custody in South Sudan earlier this month after he attacked Adieu Sheping, who was 45. She later died as a result of her injuries. The ram attacked by hitting her ribs and the old woman died immediately. She's 45 and they call her the old woman. I think the uh, mortality rate in South Sudan is probably not, not, great. not great. So this is what happened in... This is the police major, Elijah Mabel, said. The ram attacked by hitting her ribs and the old woman died immediately. So this is what happened in Rumbek East, in a place called Akul Yol. Our role as police is to provide safety and separate... F- <laughs> separate? Separate fights. The ram was apprehended and currently under custody at police station in Malang Agok Payam. Major Mabor explained why the ram was arrested for its actions. The owner is innocent and the ram is the one who perpetrated the crime, so it deserves to be arrested. Then later on, the case shall be forwarded to our customary court, where the case can be handed amicably. The ram will now spend the next three years in a military camp in Adul County, in Sudan's Lake States. It is unknown if the animal has expressed remorse for its crime. A local court also ruled that the owner of the ram, Duany Manyangdal, will have to hand over five cows to the victim's family as compensation. Paul Adhyong Majak, the county administrator, said that the ram's owner and the victim's family are related and neighbours. When the ram is freed from prison, it will also be gifted to the family in accordance with local law. Both families have since signed a contract to formalise the agreement with police and community leaders acted as witnesses. So there you go. A sheep has gone to jail for murder. Do, do, do I need to even dissect that one? No, it's that's, just a, that's it's just a funny of, story, but, Rob. No, but I mean, it, it can't be serious. It, they take it very seriously No, in no, Sudan. But, but, but the the whole point of arresting is, and placing someone in jail is that yeah. it gives them time to dwell mm. and, and reflect on themselves and, and become better. And a sheep obviously is not capable it doesn't even know that it's done anything wrong. Well, it's just been a sheep. According to the report, Rob, it is also unknown if the animal has expressed remorse for his crime. Yeah. Um, well, that's really where I thought this is a uh, April Fool's Day type of thing. Because yeah. Because that's, it... that's when they're in on the silliness Perhaps of it. Perhaps it was a quiet news day in South Sudan. Why did they? But they don't arrest this. You don't arrest it. You, but the, you sort of the owner, you tie it up with a piece of rope. The owner of the sheep wasn't the perpetrator. He, he wasn't. And, uh, um, can't be held responsible. Anyway, Rob, what have you got going on this week? Anything exciting? The video launches on <sighs> this this week. Is it an Single online event night. that our punters can come and see? It's uh, Well, the video comes out, but the gig is on single launch gig on Friday. Nice. At, Somewhere in particular? L- L- Lula Tavern, Luli Tavern, L- Luli Tavern in Abbotsford, I think it is. Okay, don't know about that. It's but... on uh, Johnson Street, I think. Well, that's going to be a big night there. Badges is the band. Check them out. Badges yeah. or badgers, badgers, as in like a little, as in like the, the black and white stripy, the ones that forage yeah. over um, yeah. dams, build little dams. Cool. Or is that beavers? Badgers make sets. Beavers make dams. What do you mean sets? That's what they call a, a badger's den. Okay, they're not, but not they're not. They don't actually block rivers in that. No, that's beavers. Scratch what I said about the yeah. building a dam. Badgers are the, the ones that look cute. 
they're black and white stripey, but then they're, they're not real. They carry lots of disease. That's the one Brian May from Queen. Yeah. He's out there campaigning to save the badger because there was going to be a massive cull in the UK of badgers. Do you have them in the UK? Badgers? Yeah. Yeah. They, I think that's only where they are, like the cute ones. I had no idea. There's, beavers are also indigenous to the UK. They've just released a load of beavers in, of this. in Wales. I thought it was all North American stuff. Yeah, no, they've just released a load of beavers you, you back into the wild. I, and I just like foxes. They're squirrels. Well, we don't have squirrels in Australia, do we, Rob? No. In fact, the American squirrel has decimated the native British squirrel as well. There's only, there's only a few hundred bar a few thousand red squirrels left because the gray squirrels from america came over and beat them up and the red squirrels are a bit bit soft yeah right so the isle of Wight is the only place now where there are no gray squirrel squirrels left yeah. to beat up the red squirrels vicious are they yeah. well i think the red squirrels are just just too soft for their own They're good chilled. yeah anyway we gotta thank jack links beef jerky the best beef jerky on the planet whatever you're doing in the next couple of weeks just go and buy a shed load of Jack Link's beef jerky and it'll keep you happy. Because that protein fix, it's lean, mean, tasty. It's just fantastic. It's good for your moods, Rob. Good for your moods. Get a chili one. Get a chili one. Or a teriyaki or a plain or a biltong. Whatever you do. And ham is also available. But, ham jerky. But let's not rub it on about it. No, it's Jack Link's beef jerky. Clue's in the name, people. Yeah. Clue is in the name. Mm. It's also the food of astronauts, people. It is the food of astronauts. We've only got you for one more week, I think, have we? Two, I oh, think. Two more weeks before Rob goes away for an extended period. No, he hasn't committed a crime. No, he's not a rogue ram in South Sudan. I'm going to go see some badgers. Going to go and see the badgers and the red squirrels, if he possibly can. Yeah. This has been episode... Oh, it's a big one next week. Didn't oh, even realise. Oh, this has been episode good. 249 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet... 365 days of sport. See you next week.